Welcome back to BeYoungMinistry.com, to another blog and to another podcast. Today we continue in our study of the book of Genesis. We're chapter 29, verses 21 through 29, which reads, Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go into her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. And Laban gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah as a maid. So it came to pass in the morning that, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Was it not for Rachel that I served you? Why then have you deceived me? And Laban said, It must not be done so in our country, to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week, and we will give you this one also for the service which you will serve with me still another seven years. Then Jacob did so and fulfilled her week. So he gave him his daughter, Rachel, his wife also. And Laban gave his maid Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as a maid. That's Genesis chapter 29, verses 21 through 29. Today we continue our study of Genesis chapter 29, which in a few ways echoes the events of Genesis 27, where a deceitful brother tricked his blind father. Laban's trick in the darkness of night was aided by Jacob's partying spirit. It was also aided by Leah, who wore a dense wedding veil. Then, to add to all of that, it was dark outside and dim inside. Interestingly, Jacob's service of seven years seemed in his eyes but a few days. Because Isaac's eyes were too dim to see, Jacob was able to steal his brother's blessing. Jacob's eyes for Rachel, on the other hand, enabled Laban to take advantage of him. And Jacob wound up with a woman whose eyes were weak. Ironically, Jacob's deceit will have come full circle. Oh, the law of reciprocity. We sow what we reap. This law is different than karma because this law doesn't factor in on our salvation. But according to Buddhists, karma determines where one will go after death. In verse 21 of today's passage, we read, Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go into her. After Jacob fulfilled his end of the bargain to Laban, he once again came to Laban and asked him for Rachel's hand in marriage. Having been reduced to a slave who had to beg for his wages, Jacob spoke of Rachel as payment for services rendered. At this point, Jacob sounded much like his brother Esau when he begged Jacob for a bowl of his red stew. As he stood before Laban, knocked down a notch or two, Jacob probably thought to himself, this is a bad moment. But in reality, it was one of Jacob's greatest moments because being humbled is a good thing, especially when it prompts us to cry out 
to God for help. We are most often humbled by the most humiliating circumstances. To be humble means to recognize that we are not self-sufficient, but dependent on God for everything we need. It is out of this type of humility that we are more likely to submit our will to God's will. And when we do, we will witness God's power in ways that we have never before. This is when we are privileged to see God the most vividly as we watch him work about us. In verse 22 of today's passage, we read, And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. This is the fourth feast noted in the Bible. The men of Haran gathered for the wedding and the feast. Along with the feast would be included some of the best wine one could find. When it came time for Jacob to receive unto himself his bride, it was obvious that he had had too much to drink. And in his drunken state, he found it difficult to even know that it wasn't Rachel who had entered his dwelling. In verses 23 and 24 of today's passage, we read, Now it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. And Laban gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah as a maid. Laban deceived Jacob by sending to him Leah instead of Rachel. And since it was the custom to give the handmaids to a daughter at her marriage, Zilpah was included. This is the law of reciprocity at its finest. We reap what we sow. At the hands of his eventual father-in-law, Jacob was now the recipient of ill-treatment. All of this happened due to the fact that Jacob lacked a personal relationship with God, wherein he would be defined by God. This is why we must be defined by God, because when we walk outside of his truth, we avail ourselves to those who are wrongly defined. In verse 25 of today's passage, we read, So it came to pass in the morning that, behold, it was Leah, and he said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Was it not for Rachel that I served you? Why then have you deceived me? It was their custom at the time, as it still is in many places, for the bride to be veiled. Due to the fact that it was nighttime and the lighting was so dim, Jacob never saw the face of his wife, for whom he had for so long worked. Although Jacob was undoubtedly shocked by these events, in the big picture, a greater reality was emerging. Jacob was humbled so that he would be fit to be the servant leader of God's people later. Many years after these events, Joseph, after being hated by his brothers, was left for dead. And then he was sold into slavery to some Ishmaelite traders. Due to his ability to see the big picture, Joseph was able to recognize that God's sovereign goodness accomplishes the best for those who are learning to trust him. Joseph told his brothers, You meant it for evil against me, but God meant it for good. 
It was the truth as defined by God that enabled Joseph to ardently determine to be defined by him. This resulted in giving Joseph the ability to see the world through the eyes of God, which is wisdom. In verses 26 and 27 of today's passage, we read, And Laban said, It must not be done so in our country, to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week, and we will give you this one also for the service, which you will serve with me still another seven years. Laban, who was not being defined by God, but his culture, explained his deceptive actions. Even though he'd already been blessed by Jacob, Laban was motivated by his love of money. And yet again, Laban would profit from Jacob's love for his younger daughter. He knew that Jacob would be willing to work another seven years without payment for the hand of Rachel. And to ensure that Jacob accepted, Laban asked Jacob to only complete the bridal week with Leah. So in seven more days, Jacob would be given his prize. The number seven shows up a lot in the life of Jacob. In Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 7, we read of the phrase, the time of Jacob's trouble. This passage makes a lot more sense when we realize that in just a short time, Jacob would be renamed by God to Israel. Since Jacob is Israel as an unbeliever, it makes sense that Israel is Jacob as a believer. A careful study of Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 7 renders the understanding that it is a description of the time known as the tribulation in the New Testament. This time of Jacob's trouble describes how unbelieving Israel will come to believe in the Lord Jesus at the end of time as we know it. In verses 28 and 29 of today's passage, we read, Then Jacob did so and fulfilled her week. So he gave him his daughter, Rachel, his wife also. And Laban gave his maid Bilhah to his daughter, Rachel, as a maid. We are not told how Rachel or Leah felt about their father treating them as objects for monetary gain. At least Rachel had the heart of Jacob. Who knows how much Leah struggled through these events. We were told earlier that her eyes were weak, which meant that she probably had a disability that would have made it really hard for her to get by in the ancient world. Perhaps this is why her father was so eager to get her married to Jacob. It might also explain why she did not help her sister Rachel with the herding of the sheep. So here was Leah with bad eyesight and not as pretty as her sister, struggling with deep insecurities about her disability and her appearance. And then her father publicly humiliates her by making her sleep with a man who was in love with her sister. She was denied the opportunity to marry someone who loved her and forced into a relationship with a man who loved someone else. She was used and abused by those who were supposed to protect and cherish her. And then she was publicly paraded around for a week as the new wife of her dad's latest business partner. But there is a twist to this story, as there always is with God calling the shots. 
God saw Leah's situation and had compassion on her. He opened her womb and her first son she called Reuben. Leah thought God sent her Reuben to help her find love for her husband. She acknowledged God giving her Simeon, her secondborn, because she thought God was trying to make up for her husband not loving her. With Levi, her third son, she hoped Jacob might at least form an attachment to her, even if he didn't love her. And finally, with the birth of Judah, her fourthborn, Leah chose to praise the Lord, turning to him for love instead of her husband. This is the ultimate lesson of this life, that only God fulfills us. I find it most interesting that the Lord Jesus came through the line of Leah, not through the line of Rachel. And the Savior of the world came through Leah's fourth-born son, Judah. My friends, I trust this blog and this podcast are helping you in your walk with the Lord. If I can be of further assistance to you, shoot me an email at beyoungministry at gmail.com. Hey, have a great day.